guest posting your way to a six-figure business with Aaron Orendorf for episode 75. Let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and online marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It is my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Today's featured guest is Aaron Orendorf from IconicContent.com, and we're going to talk about how he's been able to grow and build a six-figure writing services business, Iconic Content, by guest posting on a lot of websites, getting traffic leads and sales. We're going to discuss the step-by-step process that Aaron follows every time he's planning to publish a guest post. We talk about how he was able to reach out to Ariana Huffington herself and get an article published in the Huffington Post. But before we dive into the interview, I just want to let you know that we are running a contest today where you can potentially win a one-on-one coaching call with me to analyze your marketing plan. All you have to do is head on over to rebelgrowth.com forward slash Aaron with two A's. That's A-A-R-O-N. That link is going to take you to where the rules for participating are published. Now, without any further ado, let's jump right into our interview with Aaron. So, Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. I'm uh, super excited to uh, be jumping into this, getting to know a new person. Uh, and, uh, man, I've looked over your, your list of recent guests, and uh, I'm psyched to be in that category. I know a few of these people. I would like to know a few of these people. So this is this is awesome. Yeah, Andy, Andy put us in, you know, get us together. He introduced us, and I was like, hey, Andy's tell me. I should interview this guy. I'm gonna look, and I'm looking to that. So tell me a little bit about what is like. What are you doing? Give me a little bit about you, your background, what it is that you're doing, and how did you get to it? Yeah, uh, great initial question. And just to plug uh, our good friend Andy, I think of him as kind of like the Mister Rogers slash Oprah of content marketing. He's just he's the nicest dude to ever run across, and insanely smart. So, so yes, I'll, I'll plug that that friend. As far as how I got started, you know, I'm uh, I'm pretty new to this game. I, I I jumped into the whole content marketing, online writing, copywriting world about three years ago, but really didn't start pushing till probably two and a half years ago from there. And gosh, you know, they always say necessity is the mother of invention. I found myself in the middle of nowhere, Oregon, Southern Oregon, Klamath Falls, Oregon, that nobody has any business knowing where that is. About three years ago, I had lost my job. My personal life had fallen apart. I mean, just epic failure on all of these different fronts. Uh, Nothing really going for me. And I just got pushed into, I knew I wanted to do this. I'd spent a little bit of time pretending to do it. And that, that was like the... That, that failure on the personal front pushed me into the content marketing world, and I just had to start running and, and going for it. And how did you decide to create iconic content? Oh, yeah. How did I decide to create? Um, 
I've done a couple of small editing jobs for a, a couple of clients, and so I'd thrown up together this really simple site. Uh, when the money ran out, and like I said, everything fell apart, uh, that pushed me in that direction. I'd always had a love of writing. I mean, I'm one of these guys that was a undergraduate English degree, focusing creative writing kind of people. Uh, and, and so there was always this love of it. And what I did was just stumble into this online writing world through a couple of books, through a couple of blogs, uh, and thought, uh, and, oh man, it's, it's so great. Like for anybody that's in that place of starting out, you know, what you just need is, is kind of like this great mix of like ignorance and ambition. Because I, did, I didn't know what I didn't know. And that was so good and kind because I just, you know, if I knew how much I knew now, I would have been really intimidated to start the whole process. But because I didn't know what I didn't know, I was just willing to go for it and, and start throwing together content. Okay, so you got the website together. You got a couple of clients. Yeah. When, what, what were you doing right before you started the, the company? Oh, uh I, it's funny. I have, a, I have a really interesting background. I, I was in um, full-time Christian ministry for a few years. Um, I had gone to graduate school, got what's called a master's in divinity, uh, which actually, yeah, this is great. That'll, that'll hopefully flow into some of the other things, the way I talk to clients about crafting their sales copy, uh, that, that whole theological background. When I started, uh, I, I did. I just started this blog, and it was the iconic content. I had these really amazing coincidences that came together in the first probably three, four months. Two, two of the first people I met online that I stumbled into were um, Anne Handley from Marketing Profs. Mm -hmm. Out of the blue, just commented on one of these blog posts that I had put up. And uh, it had like zero traffic, very few shares. And all of a sudden I had this, this Anne Handley's like, hey, I really like this illustration. Can I use it in a book? And, and it blew my mind and kickstarted what really became the cornerstone of what then led to the growth, which is this whole idea of guest posting and building relationships. Okay. Um, the, what, before you started promoting your, your website, what, what were some of the things that you were trying to do to leverage and get some, you know, some traction. <laughs> the things I was trying to do. That's a great question. Mm. Yeah. One of the first things I read was a book, uh, kind of like a, an old school book. And I don't mean that in a healthy sense. It was an old school book on copywriting. And what it really pushed you to do was cold call. And so I spent about, right, as soon as I got the, the website up, I spent a good two, three months solid cold calling everybody in Southern Oregon I could find who had websites and it was brutal. Brutal. I mean, I, I was calling medical places, uh, clinics, PR agencies and, and getting nowhere with, with that approach just because that was the first thing I read was this is what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to get out there and call. And call. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. always work like that way, you know, yeah. it's your set and done for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I know, I, I know there's there's been a couple of successful people who, who caught their teeth on cold calling. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's you know it's like I said, easier said than done. Absolutely, and I mean it's a it's absolutely doable, uh, and yet 
and th- this is why, like, you know, I'm kind of trying to, like, foreshadow here. We'll move into, like, what, the, what actually moved the needle for me and got, got some real, like, traction going was, uh, was not that blanket cold call or even cold email. Because, gosh, there's so much... It, it, nobody really cold calls anymore, but there's so much written today about blogger outreach, influencer marketing, that's really built on that, those exact same principles, just at a digital level, and then people wonder why it doesn't work. So I, I'd be psyched to talk about you know what does work on that front, because that's been huge for me in, in getting this thing from zero to 60, you know, from zero to six figures kind of movement. So yeah, now that you're uh, talking about that, what are some of the results that you've been able to see from from everything you're you're doing? Oh, the, the results. So I started about three years ago. Uh, I'm a nobody, new nobody, and uh, I would love to have. And I guess we're going to do a little contest on my website as well. We'll plug that towards the end, uh, folks. To jump over to the iconic content site, it is uh, it's staggering to me. It, it's insane the number of people as a nobody, like the big sites that I've been able to. <laughs> weasel my way into, uh, early on trick my way into. Uh, I mean, the Fast Companies and the Business Insider, I've written for Entrepreneur. I'm literally meeting later today with an editor from Inc.com. They're putting me up as a regular columnist there. Every big name marketing site from Copyblogger, social media, um, get response I write for regularly. It's just I've been able to write for everybody I ever had a dream of writing for. Yeah. And now, obviously, a lot of that can be sort of vanity metric stuff. Right. And so on the on top of that, that's been my strategy into my freelance writing career. And so, uh, you know, did taxes a couple months ago and found out, because I'm not a very good bookkeeper, found out for the first time last year was I, I did. I crossed that six-figure mark as a freelancer. Uh, which just felt incredible to notice. I mean, it was kind of sad because I had to pay a lot of money. Out of <laughs> yeah, but I was really psyched to have those two things come together. Well done. So how does it feel like to be doing that full-time now? Oh, it's it's really, I mean, honestly, like it's so easy to want it to be prideful. I mean, I'll just level with you. It's, it's so easy. I'm putting together a post for my own site right now on jealousy, comparisons, and pride. Because uh, I'm, I'm a member of a lot of Slack groups, and there's this kind of weird phenomenon. So maybe we'll get existential here for a second, right? <laughs> and then we'll talk tactics. It's really easy because every time you kind of hit a new level of success, uh, it's so easy to just immediately forget what it was like getting there and the previous level. And so as soon as I hit a new level of success... I'm in these groups with folks like like Andy C, and and he is way far beyond me. Both as his expertise, the level of agency he's running, I'm sure the amount of money he's pulling in. So it's so easy to then just immediately start thinking of myself in comparison to these other people. So it's a good question to ask. How does that make you feel? To to revel in that, to actually cultivate gratitude, is such a good discipline. So, and and I have to force myself to 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 do that. Uh, so I appreciate the question. You have no idea how actually how actually good that is. Yeah. I mean, it, I know uh, it, it, for some people it can get overwhelming sometimes. You know, you don't know how to handle success. That's, yeah. what, that's why they talk so much about the fear of success, you know. Yeah. Because they don't know how they're going to handle change. They don't know how they're going to handle their lives changing. 
their their own personalities, how how it might change, and it, you know, it, it, yeah, it can get wild, you know, for some people. Oh, it can. Uh, I don't want to get us off topic, but uh, yeah, I just started writing for. I just joined the Shopify blog team, uh, which which is again one of those great like, oh, it's cool to be writing for these, uh, to get paid to write for these big name sites now. And uh, it's not just the regular Shopify side; it's the Shopify Plus enterprise side. So they're dealing with folks that are they're going through exactly what you just talked about, moving from sort of regular site to enterprise level, and that shift that takes place. And yeah, there's this like whole where success becomes the stumbling block, whether it's fear of success or the expectations of I finally just hit this new level of revenue and what do I do now? And it's so ironic that it's easy to let your success be the thing that drags you down. Right. Okay, so who now let, let's, let's get a little bit into the actual strategy, okay? Yes. And before we do that, um, tell me who is your ideal customer? Who do you try to reach? My ideal customer is, oh man, you're, you're going to totally expose me now because I make clients answer that question all the time. <laughs> and, and I'll love with you. I've got sort of a, uh, I've got sort of a shotgun approach, right? Because writing for the big sites exposes me to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but honestly, so, so my ideal client is uh, either startups that have been funded or established companies. So I, I never really write on spec. You know, I'm always writing for, here's the price tag for what I'm going to deliver. So that means they've got to have money. Uh, and that makes it very easy to weed out, like, all the regular emails I get. I just throw down a high price tag, and that means either they're in or they're not, which is a super helpful thing to do, right, for anybody who's in that freelance copywriting world. Uh, it, it, don't be afraid to scare people off with, with big price tags. But then on the flip side of that, too, is, uh, you know, I, I love writing for SASs, uh, anything that's connected to collaboration or social media that, that overlaps those two worlds, uh, or really does that uh, online marketing optimization stuff. Uh, they're, they're serious about it, and they're willing to pay for it. How's that for an answer? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of answer that I'm always looking for. <laughs> that's the only question that I ask all of my guests, and I repeat mm. that every every single episode. I I feel like I'm repeating myself, telling that, saying that. Uh, okay, so who was you mentioned? You you were writing for some big websites that led to customers and whatnot. What what was the very first big website that you ever wrote for? Oh boy, yeah, this is some great memory lane stuff. Yeah. So I had two big sites, and I'm not sure which one came first. I think Marketing Profs was the first one where I felt like that's name recognition. And that really was, I just stumbled into it. I had a, like I said, a random blog post. Uh, Anne Handley comes along, comments on it, sends me an email, wants to include me in her book. Blew my mind to see my name in print when it actually came out. That was fantastic. And then I immediately used that to push into, hey, could I write for you? Because it was such a golden opportunity. Yeah. The... The second one that I wrote for was Copyblogger, which is another, like, a pretty big site that is insanely hard to get into now, especially because they've really changed their guest posting guidelines and rules. Uh, the way both of those evolved, though, was through actual relationships. So there's so much information. Oh, my gosh, there's so much information now that gets put out on influencer marketing or outreach emails 
and there's entire platforms now that if you're a freelancer or a startup and you're trying to get PR or pitch editors, you can just plug in information to and it'll scrape email addresses and yeah. spam people on social media. Every big win early on was because I actually invested in getting to know over like a six-month period probably. Uh, with Copyblogger, I actually like Demian Farnworth. Like, I like that guy. And so I started following him and I tweeted his stuff. He's their chief copywriter. I found out he not only had a personal site that did copywriting, but an uber personal site where he talked about things like spirituality. Right. And so I followed him there and I commented on his stuff there. And, uh, and he actually built, like, crazy idea, a genuine relationship. And then I went in for, hey, man, I put this together. Let me know what you think kind of thing. I hired him as a coach, right? I, I paid him money to help me with my writing and then, mo and then moved into that, the ask stage. I love that. Oh, yeah. I love that. How, how, how you had, your, you know, a whole genuine relationship built with the person, yeah. the gatekeeper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it speaks volumes because uh, when I actually finally pitched Copyblogger, I, uh, I threw down a automated, at that point they still had like an article where you could submit guest posts to. Now it's, not, it's gone. They don't even do like, there's even no invitation. I submitted one there, official channel, and one did it to Damien. And of course the official channel, I got the automated email back. We're not accepting guest posts right now. And the, the relationship front was like, hey, let me check this out. You know, wasn't like an immediate yes, but it was because uh, it's still got to be good. But uh, So what, what does the process of guest posting looks like for you right now? Okay. Yeah. So I've already badmouthed all those email outreach, pitching kind of things. What it looks like now is it's similar to what it looked like in the beginning. So I talk about, I mean, just talked about the general relationships. That was 60 to 70% of my success early on. But when I cracked eggs like entrepreneur, And I write for them super regularly. Uh, Fast Company, Business Insider, like really the big, big names. When I cracked them, uh, three things. Number one, I always start with the site I'm targeting itself. So tools like BuzzSumo is a super easy end to figure out what is trending, what is big on that site. Because if you're able to piggyback on what's already creating traffic, editors will listen. Plus, it enables you to cross-link which sounds super simple, but cross-linking shows like I'm invested in your site and editors like that. Plus it's, it's helpful for their own SEO to link like that. So, so, uh, let's, let, so let's, start, let, let's dive into cross-linking a little bit. How, how do you actually do it? Like, how do you go about it? Oh, uh, I, I just use a tool. Uh, entrepreneur.com. I find out what the, the top posts are. So I build an article. I reverse engineer. I, for the first post, I reverse engineer what's already working on that site. Okay. Uh, I find the, the you know, whatever the, the, the string or like theme collection is and say like the top 20 posts on something like social media is. And, and then I bring those together into an article. Or my, my very first time I wrote for Entrepreneur, I used... Uh, I'm not an SEO guy, so I used Google Trends to figure out what was actually just simply 
super popular right then. And, uh, and I built the article around Mindy Cowling from Fox's Mindy Project oh, because yeah. she was crushing it that summer that I first pitched Entrepreneur on Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I start with what's already working, either on the sites or just generally in search, popular stuff. Uh, the second thing I do is I never pitch ideas. I always pitch full articles. So you write the article and then you didn't just go yes. for it. Yes. And now I don't know how common that is, but I think it's pretty uncommon. Uh, do you cold I, pitch them? Yes. Okay. I, I straight up cold pitch entire articles, which isn't like copy and paste it into an email, you know, that kind of thing. But every single time I've gotten into a big site like that, like Lifehacker, like Huffington Post, uh, it's always been because I've sent a full article or at least a link, like an attached document to a full article that is tailored for them, that includes the cross-linking, that, that is knowledgeable about what's popular on their site or popular on search right then and there. So number one, I start with what's working. Number two, I send full pitch emails. Uh, and number three, <laughs> I blast editors. Uh, all those big sites I just mentioned, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Business Insider, Huffington Post, uh, those big ones have all started because because uh, I went to their sites and just basically grabbed everybody's personal email I could find uh, that had editor and web in their title. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Yeah. Okay. And then, okay. So you find what's working for that website. You find them, their contact, you, you know, you write the article, mm -hmm. you cold pitch them. They don't know who you are. No. Okay. You, they don't know who you are. They read the article. They think it's great. And they just say, Hey, you, you just got an author post author, um, account whatever yeah 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 and um it's a mix you know uh sometimes i send the big up emails with like hey i've written for x y and z on a big deal that kind of thing and sometimes that works and that's helpful but uh i was trying to crack freaking huffington post for like a year trying to get in there how many and, emails how many articles uh, did you write trying to get them on huffington post uh upwards of like 10 full articles probably. What now, did you do with those, with those articles when they were rejected? Uh, I just repurposed them. Yeah, I, I would. For a, <laughs> yeah, oh no, yeah, I've had, with all of those like either no responses or no thank yous, mm -hmm. it's always, it's, it, it is, it's easy to repurpose them and then just go one at a time, okay, boom, uh, having to post doesn't want it, I can turn this into a, the next web article. Next web doesn't want it, let's go over to Lifehacker. And so it's just small tweaks along the way, especially with cross-linking, that then gets it accepted into those other places. Uh, so I'm like a year. I mean, I'm serious, man. Like a year, multiple emails a month to everybody I can find. None of it's working. None of it's working. And so I got a buddy who finally just tells me, hey, man, for Huffington Post, less is more. So I, I sent Ariana a two-line email this time. With, you wrote Ariana herself. Just, yeah, herself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I just said, you know, uh, hi Ariana, big fan, put together this article, uh, headline, thanks. And that was the one that she writes back to and says, oh cool, here, uh, you can be a contributor, I'm going to set you up with an account. <laughs> and I was off and running. I mean, but do they do any kind of research on you to figure out who you are or what you do to, you know... That, that's why it's important to 
if you're trying to get out there and get exposure, it's, it, it really is about like, you know, cultivating those relationships, not being afraid to, if you don't have relationships, just send lots of emails and get, lo get lots of rejections. I got lots of rejections. I tried multiple times, and just because somebody rejected me once doesn't mean I can't hit them again. Yeah. You know? uh, and try different angles, though, right? Because if I try the whole, um, here's the full article, or maybe here's the intro to the article, or maybe here's the other places I've written for, and if none of those work, then it's just like the, <laughs> the two-liner, and see if that works. Yeah, I always say a rejection is not necessarily a rejection forever. Oh, absolutely. You can always try again, you know, push oh, again. Yes. Yes, I can't say that enough. If that's what you're trying to do, and gosh, that applies, doesn't it, man? Yeah. What a place to freaking life. <laughs> yeah. So how did you find Ariana's email address? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you do a search, a Google search for find anyone's email, I think it's, I think it's distill. I can't remember now. Somebody's got a really awesome spreadsheet in, uh, in Google Docs where you enter like the person's first name, last name, and their website. Mm -hmm. And it'll generate like 30 to 40 possible email addresses. No way. That's a oh, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, we should. I'll, I'll find that and email it to you. We throw it in like the show notes or whatever goes up with this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's such a crazy cool tool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm going to start looking for it right now. Find <laughs> anyone's. Find yeah, I think I've got it in my. Uh, I think I've got it in my Google account. Find anyone's email address. So you just use that one and. You just wrote Ariana's, Ariana's name, and you got it. And you, the, the, how many emails did you get? Uh, oh, the, it generates like forty different emails, like Ariana at huffingtopost dot com, Ariana H at huffingtopost dot com, <laughs> and you just send them all individually. Right, right. And uh, one of them's gonna work. <laughs> one of them works. Yeah, yeah. Good approach. I think it's find find any email dot net. I believe that's the one. Well, I don't know. That's the one I found. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Here's the one. Uh, yeah, it's distilled. Distilled.net. Distilled How do you spell that? Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll plug it in here. It's uh, that and uh, find almost anybody's distilled. Okay. email address. That's the Google shirt I did. Uh, Google search I did. Perfect. That's... People are going to love that one because, I mean, whenever you have a chance to get a tool that's going to make your life easier. Yeah. And they've got a link in this article to uh, a Google Doc spreadsheet <laughs> that, that has been brilliant for me. Yeah. Okay. So what, how, how do some of the pitches that you send look like? Like do you have a, do you have a sort of um, template that you use nowadays or something? Uh, I, I don't. You know, I, I try to keep it short. I think that's a really big thing. Uh, I'm actually just about to put out an article on Get Responses blog because I, I write regularly for them now and one of my clients. Uh, about to put out an article on Get Responses blog on, on cold emails uh, and pitch emails, outreach emails, that kind of thing. And so, you know, the stuff that comes down to is like keep it insanely short. Uh, I, I am going to push really hard for like you know, being able to say, dear so-and-so first name, 
uh, I put together this article, which includes a link to this popular post on your site as well. Here's my full article. There's something magical about that. There's something really different about writing the full article and including that. Right. That that's really powerful because I've never gotten that. Uh, I write for these places now, and so that means I get a bunch of like goofy emails from startups, from people wanting exposure, from folks that are launching products, relaunching a product, uh, and and a lot of those pitches suck. You know, uh, I like to say I'm not a journalist, but I play one on the internet. <laughs> so I get these I get these emails, and never have I actually got something that made my life easier. And by that I mean, I. Uh, what makes my life easier is I'm constantly looking for content, and if you send me an original article that uh, I can either use or straight up post, that makes my life easier, and it's quality content right. because then I can just like edit it real quick. But what doesn't make my life easier is, hey, check this article out, or uh, could we do an interview, or that's like work for me is what that email is. And so what I try to do with these editors is I want to make their lives Easier. Yeah. When you write the content, do you research the type of content or do they have any guidelines that you follow to make sure that your article complies with a website? Or? Sometimes, but that's, that's a little less important than you would think. Uh, I want to find out things like average length is really important because if I, uh, you know, when I got into Social Media Examiner and, and I did two articles for them this last month that have just like been huge. I mean, because they're social media examiners, so yes. yeah, they're going to get tons of shares. Right. Uh, they have some pretty like tight structures in their guidelines, but all that really came down to was I need something that's over a thousand words versus if I'm writing for like a big name publisher, it has to be less than a thousand words. Right. So knowing that sort of divide, really knowing the length and um, the cross-linking again, just taking the time to actually show the site you're writing for that, that you've read what, what else is popular on that topic already and you're showing love to it. Yep. Wonderful, man. Okay, so now let's get into your customer acquisition. So you write for the websites, you get great exposure, great social proof, authority, whatnot. Yeah. How, like, what's your pricing model? What's your business model? Do okay. You, do, do you charge per article to your customers or what do you do? Man, such a good question. So if anybody is in that boat, like we should have a little timestamp here and tell them like forget all that noise in the beginning. If you're like a freelancer, skip to minute whatever. This is, this is great. I started out charging hourly. Okay. Uh, and, and that was like, you know, you start out at 50, go to 100, 150, 200. I think now if I ever do tell somebody I'm tracking hours, which is very rare, I say 250. And the only time I say that is if I don't want to do the job. So I'll just oh. like, the, the best thing ever is it, getting invitations to do work that I don't want to do. And so I just, that's when I up my rates. Uh, so I, I just recently did that with 250. If you're, if you're a freelancer and you're charging hourly, get a friend uh, and, 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 do like a pretend talk through until you can say some number that sounds crazy to you with a straight face where you don't smile. That's a fantastic practice. Uh, all that being said, I rarely actually charge by the hour now. 
sometimes I'll throw down like a word count, like a, a dollar per word, which immediately lets them know like, oh, it's like a grand for a thousand word article. Uh, but, but what's really helpful is I, I actually do just charge by deliverables now. So I'm like, uh, if you want me to, to, to redo your website, like a home page and a features page and a landing page, then I just give them a, a number per deliverable. Uh, same thing goes for blog posts. Whenever I get those outreach emails now uh, from, from other people that want to start hiring me, I just throw down with, yep, I'm charging 1000 Or if I don't want to write on it, <laughs> I'm charging 1500 <laughs> per article. That's right around 1000 to 1500 words. Right. So I, I just make it really easy. Like I, I rarely send off full proposals, but I'm I'm constantly qualifying the people that email me, you know, for those outreaches to just immediately weed out who can pay and who can't. I am not afraid to do that now. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's one of the most common struggles, you know, in your field of work. How to you know how to charge. And how to price your work? Yeah. And when, as you grow, I guess you want to grow your prices, and you want to do what what you're what you're doing, which is um, filtering your your customers, filtering your work, and optimizing your time. Yeah. Yeah. And what about linking? When you're writing for these big websites, um, do they do you use linking to your own website, or like how do uh, you? I mean, because yeah. you're, you're telling me that you're getting a lot of exposure from them, but like, where is your exposure? Is that inside the article? Is it in the author box? or? It, it, so it used to be in the author box, in the bio box. Um, and then I met the beautiful man, Andy, right? Andy C. Oh my gosh, I can't say enough good things about him. And he, he threw out this comment one day uh, when I was on a blab chat with him about guest posting. And he was like, the greatest gift of guest posting is the gift you give yourself as a writer. Link to your own work. Uh, that can be previous articles you've written. That's neat. But especially meaningful links back to articles on your site in the body. Uh, and I was scared to do that. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm being like uh, scammy or spammy or underhanded if I do that. But as long as I'm not linking back to like straight up my homepage or like a a sales page, if I have stuff on my blog that actually relates to what I'm writing about, and so I've been really intentional about this now. I've been really intentional about uh, linking back to my stuff in my stuff. And that's been huge. I, when I did this, okay, oh, so this happened on accident uh, on my second article for Copy Blogger. They put a link into one of my articles during the editorial process. Mm -hmm. So like I'd written this article, I didn't have any links to myself except for in the bio. They threw in a link to something I'd written previously about like subheaders, right? And all of a sudden I saw this like insane spike in traffic. The, the day or two after the article went live and I'm like, why the heck is, is a bunch of people, why are they all like reading this one random article? I went back to Copyblogger and realized, oh, these cool people linked to me in my own, and, and then I was just off and running. I'm like, because the number of actual clicks you get is exponentially higher in the article versus the author byline. Yeah, definitely. But, oh, definitely. Yeah, but it's just got to be um, just got to be meaningful, yeah. and they'll let you do it. I've experienced that same thing in websites like Moz.com or SEMrush, yeah. Kidsmetrics. It's 
much more powerful to be in the body than than the actual bio. Yeah, and especially like the recent stuff I've done for Lifehacker, uh, I was super excited to actually get into them, and I had a couple of spots where like I was able to, right. and yeah, it just blows up when when you're able to do that. Man, I think I feel like we covered so so much super valuable and actionable stuff. I'm like overwhelmed with. It. I want to just get to work. Like I'm super pumped right now. I'm sure my audience feels so- the same way right now. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Where can we send people to right now to stay connected with you? Ah, so uh, I'm sure you'll have links in the show notes. Okay. I'm uh, my name, AaronOrndorf.com. Will send you right back to my website, IconicContent.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter under the same at uh, IconicContent. Be sure to, to check the written version of that because it's one uh, C in the middle. <laughs> I tried to be clever. Oh, free word of warning. Make your website URLs clear, not clever. Uh, so I'm iconic content. You'll, you'll see that in the show notes. I try to do one C in the middle instead of, instead of two. Of two like iconic so, content. Just yes. Iconic content. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. So I'd love to see you guys there. We're <laughs> going to do a little contest on my site. So uh, yeah, iconic content. Uh, we'll put that in the notes as well where you can actually get those instructions. Wonderful. Thanks, man. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me on. Good to meet. Good to meet. Thank you so much. All right. I hope you are ready to start guest posting now. After that interview with Aaron, I hope you enjoyed it. Please let me know what you thought of it. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review for the show. That's also going to help me with the rankings, for which I am extremely appreciated to you. Everything mentioned on this episode is going to be at rebelgrowth.com forward slash podcast. And a lot of other episodes that you might find interesting. Maybe you'll find a strategy that's going to help you achieve what you're trying to get this week. Because I'm a huge believer on the just-in-time learning. That means try to find information about whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish this week. For your marketing in this case or for whatever it is that you're trying to do in life. But try to spend your learning time on things that you're trying to achieve on the near future that's going to improve your performance that's going to improve your results because you're going to be taking action on what you're learning once again guys thank you so much i'm extremely appreciated you choose to listen to this episode to this podcast until next week go out take action and keep on growing